Where they were poor in Mombella, they were really strong at Ellis Park. So they looked at what South Africa did, they broke it down, they analysed it, and I've got a feeling that Jill played a pretty big hand in getting them to that point. Subscribe to the Rugby Stream on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Okay, we are delighted to be joined now by former NFL place kicker Pat Murray as he previews the Erlingus College Football Classic, which takes place in the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, the 27th of August at half past five. And it's going to see the Northwestern Wildcats go head to head with Nebraska Husters. Tickets for the match are very much on sale right now and they can be purchased at ticketmaster.ie forward slash touchdown Dublin. So that's ticketmaster.ie slash touchdown Dublin. For more information around the game, you can go to collegefootballireland.com or follow the conversation on social media using the hashtag touchdown Dublin. Pat, good to see you. How are you keeping? Yeah, not too bad. You got me up early for this one. So uh, <laughs> it's good to be it's good to be on. Uh, life has changed a little bit for you since uh, since you immediately retired from the NFL, I guess. You're not even a New Yorker anymore. No, no. Uh, with work, uh, I was moved down to Florida. Now our home base here is Manhattan, which is where I'm currently speaking to you from. So it's always nice to come back to New York. And funny enough, I actually got to train with Rockland GAA last night. So got to throw the boots back on and kick a few points over. So it's great to be back in the area. And obviously, uh, you know, I miss it up here, but it's always nice to come home. I would imagine that Florida is not a GEA stronghold compared to uh, some parts of the of New York City, right? Yeah, you know, you don't see people, um, you know, pucking a slither or kicking balls over the bar in uh, in Florida too much. It's a bit hot down there, but there is a club in Tampa Bay actually, which is where obviously I used to kick for a little while. So I try and stay as involved as possible when I can down there. Obviously, they just don't have the numbers, but it's great to come back to New York and get kicking ball back with Rockland GAA over in Orangeburg in New York. It was uh, great to be out with the lads. Was there ever any time when you thought that you could have donned the colors of New York County GAA? Well, funny enough, I got involved with the college team uh, last year. So I was still pursuing an MBA and that qualified me to be able to play on the college team. Now, you had lads who were doing their undergraduate degree that were playing Gaelic football, obviously all the way up through. I had to take a break to kick a football between posts for the Buccaneers and Browns. So you let the the younger lads play and I was there probably more as the... um, the older mentor, shall we say. But I was training with the senior team as well when I was still living here. And uh, it was great. The lads, they put the hard work in, that's for sure. They've come close, but, you know, they just haven't done the business as of yet. When you start playing, I guess, a game like Eddie football in the years after you retire from playing American football, what's the biggest difference in terms of how you feel? Like, does your fitness need to be at a, at a different sort of level? Is it a different type of work you're doing? Well, most of the uh, the people can't see me other than you right now, but I've probably dropped 25 pounds of muscle since I nice. stopped playing in the NFL. So the biggest difference is, yeah, like football, I'm doing a heck of a lot more running than taking three steps and booting the ball. So the fitness is what needed to change the most. And thankfully, I was able to to transition quickly, did some more long distance running, asked some GAA players for some advice on some of their training habits and how they were able to increase their fitness, particularly what they do in the off season. And I'm fortunate that two of my cousins were um, in the running to play for the Louth team. Oshin actually did play for the Louth senior county team. 
and his father, Kieran, who was the physio for the Irish national soccer team, he gave me a few pointers as well to increase my fitness. So it's good to have a backroom team like me. <laughs> a lot of tough love coming from the family, I suspect. Well, there's always been tough love. I mean, <laughs> some of the toughest games I've ever been a part of were in their backyard playing a soccer match. I mean, they were knocked down, drag out. There was no love lost there. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, what, what, what would you think is the type of Gaelic footballer who would make it in the NFL or make it a college football the best? Because we were doing this thing recently. We were doing like um, with Shane Walsh and, uh, and Sean O'Shea as part of the, the college football that. classic. Yeah. So they, I, I, there's been a, a general curiosity and just be, there was a separate thing we did with like the likes of Lee Chin as well recently. So mm-hmm. I think a lot of Gaelic footballers and hurlers are curious to know how would I get on in, in American football? So, so what sort of player would, would make it easiest, do you think? Well, you have to look at a guy like Aiden O'Shea, right? His size is just incredible. Looks like a tight end. He's got hands. Um, he's tough. Be hard to bring down. I won't say he's Rob Gronkowski because there's only one <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, but that type of body w- would be very good in an NFL setting. As far as kicking is concerned, take a look at Sean O'Shea's free. I mean, what an incredible moment. And he could potentially have the ability to to kick in the NFL. Now he's going to have to shorten up his steps and things like that and learn how to kick with a helmet on. But you never know. He could he could make a run at it. I've, I think Dean Rock could make a run at it as well. And uh, hard not to mention Connor McManus as well, being a Monaghan man. He could definitely uh, make, a, make a challenge for a kicking position in the NFL. He certainly could. I don't think he could put much past Conor McManus. The question I had, and it's interesting that you mentioned the helmet, was that, you know, we, we kind of uh, align a lot of place kickers with the fact that they would be good American football kickers. But the pace at which you need to react almost to the snap, I suspect, completely transforms what is a very specific art form. Yeah. So if you take a look at uh, take a look at Sean O'Shea's free, right? He's got a decent run up to that ball and he's got a decent amount of time to take a look at the posts and set himself and he goes through his routine. Kickers would do the exact same thing. However, once that ball is snapped, you have to go from snap to hold to that ball's gone off your foot in less than 1.3 seconds. Otherwise, you risk some of those incredibly fast individuals on the opposite side of the ball coming around the edge and diving and blocking that kick. So it's the speed that's really the difference and it's the, the timing of everything. That's really what we worked on primarily Monday through Saturday is pure timing so that on Sunday, we were very confident that once that ball was down and the snap came and the hole was made, that I was going to get the ball off in less than 1.3 seconds. Right. Okay. And then the helmet element of things, is it hard to, uh, is, it, is it generally a situation where you kind of need to have like exceptional, I don't know, it's a peripheral vision or whatever it may be to, to try and ensure that um, you're you're constantly stable and and you're not putting yourself under pressure too much. You kind of broke up there, but I think you're referencing the helmet and yes. you know I can I can speak to potentially the the vision constraints that you may yeah. have. So it's not that big of a deal. You get used to it, quite frankly. And the the cage is big enough to where we as kickers we're not wearing a three bar. We're wearing a two bar And it kind of opens up our eyesight that much more. So seeing the ball is not really the issue. It's potentially going to be an issue trying to get your head balanced correctly. And that just comes with time. You know, you have a strong neck, you develop your traps, you'll be fine.
And the, the other question that I had was with regards to the psychological warfare that I guess is more prevalent in American football, obviously, with coaches trying to ice the kicker. Uh, I guess we've seen uh, Sean O'Shea and the attempts to try and ice Sean O'Shea during that semi-final when they're shaking the goalposts to yeah. try and put him off. So uh, what, what's the what's the closest you've ever come to, to getting properly iced or what's the what's the worst uh, example you can you can think of? Oh, I mean, I've been iced many times. Uh, yeah. Coaches will call timeout. As soon as I'm back in my stance, ready to kick a ball, I can remember Sean Payton doing it when he was with the Saints. Um, look, I've got a routine that I go through when I get iced. It's I go through the kick. I want my center to snap the ball so that I can get a practice shot. If you give me a practice shot, that's great. That's your fault at the end of the day because I'm going to go out there and if I don't hit it properly, I'm going to adjust slightly and then I'll make the next one. It's just, just as simple as that. So kickers have developed their own practice routines to when they get iced, they step away from the ball, whether it's on the line or whether it's on the sideline or whether they go back to the net or whether they just take a drink of water and don't think about it. There are ways that we have developed the ability to kind of ice that, so to speak, out of our mind. And if you look statistically, if the coach is going to ice you, like 70 plus percent of the time, maybe even more than that, it doesn't work. So quite frankly, I think it's a waste of time. So you're not thinking to yourself, screw you, Sean Payton. You're like, I'm going to prove you wrong on the scoreboard. Now, if I think about Sean Payton during the game, then unfortunately, I, I probably shouldn't be playing in the NFL because Sean <laughs> Payton shouldn't be living in my head. <laughs> what about other psychological elements that an opposition can throw at you? Well, look, some of the colorful language that's thrown across the line when I'm back there is pretty unique. And some of the fans in the NFL have come up with some pretty interesting things as well. Uh, mm -hmm. They do their research. That's for sure. Particularly in Philadelphia. That is oh, one gosh. place where if you are an opposing team, you will um, you'll be shocked at some of the things that they know about you and some of the things that they say. But look. You're a professional athlete at the end of the day. Your job is to go out there and, and whether it's to throw the ball, catch the ball, or kick the ball, to do your job effectively and uh, come off the field, hopefully, with a win. Is, is any of the stuff you heard in Philly repeatable in an interview? It's not, unfortunately. Right. Wow. We can I talk about that offline. Let's let's do it. Let's let's talk about it offline. Uh, <laughs> couple, a couple of other bits and pieces. Then I mean, we're obviously going to be watching two brilliant teams at the Aviva Stadium in a few weeks in in Northwestern and Nebraska. Your own college career, though, is a really interesting one. Like I was just reading an interview you did where you made the point playing for Fordham University, you almost succeeded as a result of your team not being amazing. Is is, is that a fair summation of how things work for you? It is. Uh, I mean, look, I was a, a three-time All-American. I was two-time All-American punter, one-time All-American kicker. I set all these records my senior year as far as kicking is concerned. And quite frankly, it was the fact that my team was not very good when I was playing at Fordham. Now, there were some issues as far as coaching and things like that. My senior year, we really turned it around. Coach Joe Moorhead really turned that program around, and he then brought Fordham to heights it hadn't seen in a very, very long time. But absolutely, I, my job was to put our team out of danger with the punts. And my other job was to put points on the board when the offense couldn't score a touchdown. So... The fact that they couldn't get the ball in the end zone, 
yes, it benefited me from the ability that I was able to kick the ball a lot more and get some more notoriety. But at the end of the day, it was a team effort. I couldn't do it without the other 10 guys on the line doing their job so that I can just go out there and kick the ball. And it's the same way I was reading prior to this a little bit about Northwestern and, and Nebraska. Funny enough, Coach Fitz at Northwestern, he's on the committee for the Fred Mitchell Award, an award that I won my senior year of college. So I've had the opportunity to sit down and chat to him quite a few times. And what an incredible individual. I mean, College Football Hall of Famer really has taken Northwestern to places that it hasn't seen probably since he was playing. And Coach Scott Frost, they're in the Big Ten. I mean, it's a really tough division. It truly is. So it's going to be an exciting game, I think, uh, on the 27th of August uh, in the Aviva. You know, I'm hoping to get over there. We'll see if I can make it happen. Absolutely. We had the opportunity to get over to Northwestern last year and, and Coach Fitz seems like an incredible man, very intelligent coach. What, 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 is, what constitutes a great coach at college level compared to, say, at NFL level? I presume they need to have a really, they have to have an improved holistic sense of their team and they have to realize, I guess, that there are players with, with greater even ambitions than winning college titles. You know, I think Northwestern in particular is a really unique situation. Yes. At the end of the day, I went into college football thinking I'd love to make this a career and go play in the NFL. And the vast majority of players understand that less than 1% of college football players are going to have a chance to play in the National Football League. But it's a dream. And as a college football coach, I think one of the unique abilities you have to have is being able to, one, manage expectations, but two, also encourage those kids to reach for the stars. And at the end, that's kind of a contradictory way of thinking. You have to prepare your kids for a Friday night game or Saturday game, and especially playing in the Big Ten, which is arguably the second, if not the first most competitive conference in college football, while at the same time, then thinking about the next stage in their career post-student athlete life. And now you've got the NIL thing to have to worry about as well, where some of these kids are actually earning money while playing college football, which is very new. So, I don't envy Coach Fitz and Coach Frost, really, because to be a college football coach, you have to be a very, very special individual because you're dealing with somebody's child from when they're 18 to 22, potentially, and you're molding them in some of their most formative years. And these two coaches have done a phenomenal job of that. When did you realize that you were going to make it into the crew that are in that under 1%? Um, probably my sophomore year, I had a pretty good idea that I could do it. And I'm sure, you know, this story has been told a lot, but my dad was my only kicking coach growing up. Um, he saw an opportunity based on where we lived at the high school that I went to Don Bosco prep in Ramsey, New Jersey. It's a national powerhouse school and coach told his father's from Armagh. So he figured, you know, bring the little Irish kid in and he can kick the ball for us. Well, my dad said, okay, that seems to be a pretty good situation. And it worked out nicely. So my sophomore year of college, we were talking at the end of the season, watching the playoffs. And he turns to me and just goes, Pat, you can do this. I go, yeah, I know I can. So let's just go make a run at it. And that's when we really knuckled down. Not that we weren't knuckled down before, but hit the weight room hard, hit the conditioning hard and trained harder than I ever have before. And the next two seasons, I had some of the greatest seasons in college football history at my position. Absolutely. When you look back at your NFL career then, Pat, well, what's the main emotion that, you, that comes to mind when you think about it? First and foremost is pride. I mean, uh, getting to 
to bring my mom and dad and brother along with me, my grandparents as well, those that were alive, and having them experience the life of, of an NFL player. I mean, that was exciting. I was proud to do that. There's sadness as well because I wish it had lasted longer, but the overwhelming emotion there is just pride. I mean, do you know where Clonus is? Because most people don't. And to have a connection to Clonus and to be able to, to go back and give back to some of the schools there when I was playing, Largy College in particular, and just have people come up to you on the street and, and congratulate you and say, well done. I mean, that's, that's just pure pride at the end of the day. Yeah, I can imagine. When you talked then about the sadness of how it ended, or uh, is, is that because is that because of, of coaches not willing to pay enough for a kicker? Is it because of the injuries, or or what, what's the main element for it? I look, there, there's a lot of reasons. Um, combination of of a couple of different things. Look, tearing an ACL is never going to be an mm. easy thing to come back from. I did that, but business at the end of the day, that's what the NFL is. And I realized that and I understood that. And I understood that the NFL was not the be all and end all for me. I went to a fantastic university. I got a great degree. I finished an MBA, started it when I was playing, finished it when I stopped. So I always knew there was a life for me after football and getting called an NFL player was fantastic. It's an amazing time in my life, but the best title I've ever received is husband and dad. And that's where I'm at now. And I'm really enjoying it. And proud Monaghan man second, I presume. I'm proud Monaghan man second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Monaghan for Sam. Have to throw that in there. <laughs> Hopefully next year. Yeah. Do, do you get back over much to, to see much of Monaghan play or, or any GEA for that matter? Yeah. So in 2019, we were over. In 2020, I was over with the college team. Uh, we watched Monaghan beat Dublin up in Clonus, actually. That was the last Monaghan-Dublin match that I watched. So that was fantastic. Um, I was over a couple of months ago. We brought my daughter over for the first time, and we surprised my cousin, who's actually uh, due with a baby here in the next couple of weeks. And we hadn't seen them since early 2020. So it was very exciting to get back over there. And look, much like every Irish person, you're wanting to get back home and see your family after the two years that we've had. So uh, I can't wait to go back. Yeah, for sure. And hopefully we'll see you over here as well in just a few weeks time for uh, that big game between uh, Nebraska and Northwestern. Uh, Pat, it's been brilliant chatting to you. Just uh, a reminder to everybody listening, you've been listening to former NFL place kicker Pat Murray. He's been looking ahead to the Erlingus College Football Classic. Uh, it's taking place at the Aviva Stadium on Saturday, the 27th of August at half past five. And as I say, it's the Wildcats, uh, the Northwestern Wildcats going up against the Nebraska Huskers. Tickets for the match are on sale now and you can purchase them at ticketmaster.ie forward slash touchdown Dublin. And for more OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.